It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, Joel? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademade Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 172 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Once again, giving this monologue podcast style another spin, see what you guys think. Haven't really heard too much feedback so far, just a little bit. It was it was positive, but maybe um, no one has said much because they uh, either ignored it or whatever. But we'll just give it another spin. As I said last time, please let me know what you think. Can do more of these or, you know, continue to do them on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, might as well kick things off with a, with a few of them and that I've already got on my mind and then see how we go after that. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was gambling Twitter. I guess it kind of follows on from what I last what I last talked about, but not really a completely different topic, but kind of just my biggest issues with gambling Twitter, things that, you know, I've always wanted to express on Twitter myself, but uh, probably not the best way to do it if I just write out a long spiel on the back of someone else's tweet, because it's probably quite, you know, someone would probably get quite offended by it or hurt by it, so I might as well just make it. Um, I guess to it to the to the whole Twitter community as a whole. Um, so yeah, my kind of my biggest issues with gambling Twitter or uh, you know people that are consistently posting on Twitter about their bets etc. Um, and kind of like I guess maybe just a shout out to people who are just getting involved in in gambling Twitter or getting involved in Twitter in general in the sports betting space and kind of some of the things you can fall into. Some of the things I've fallen into, um, maybe not too much, but I think some of the things you could easily get tricked by um, and, yeah, I guess suddenly think someone on Twitter's some um, superb gambler, um, but really they're, they're quite the opposite. So, yeah, some kind of things to look out for on, on Twitter because I think it is a, it's a great place to go and network, as, as I talked about on the podcast with Mitch and Tyrus, on episode 170, fantastic place to network, meet new people. I've met so many, you know, great people on there that have been fantastic to work with or just to talk to. Um, so I highly recommend getting involved. But yeah, I thought I could in this episode kind of highlight some of the some of the issues I think you could get stuck into on Twitter when it comes to gambling. So first thing I wanted to talk about today is. Uh, is green screening. So for those who aren't familiar with the term, green screening is kind of just like always, um, you know, it, I think it comes from uh, sports trading. That's where it um, kind of originates on the exchanges. So, you know, showing your screen, screenshotting, you know, your wins for the day, etc., etc., rather than showing your losses, kind of just, you know, highlighting the good times of your gambling, making it sound like you never really lose, Etc. Etc. Um, so, my issue with green screening is there's there's lots of issues. 
so I mean, the most common example of green screening probably is maybe you don't even want to call it green screening. Screening, sorry, just generally posting that you're you've won a few bets on the day. You went nine for ten on the um, on the UFC on the weekend, something like that. You know, you've had a great day. Um, I my biggest issue is. Normally, the people that post that they're winning, they're winning bets. Let's just let's just say most of them are going to be tipsters, or they've got some kind of VIP group or whatever. Normally, they don't post when they lose. So, when you're seeing all these winning tweets, you know that would be my first thing to look out for if this guy's legit or not. Go back through their timeline just a bit and see if they've ever posted saying that they lost on the day or it's been a bad day whatever just go back and have a look and see if they're um if they're consistent you know they're not just bragging saying they're having good days and bad uh, good days sorry look back and see if they're also yeah highlighting days where it hasn't gone their way and they've had a loss blah 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 um it's always a low sample of bets i mean who's going to go back and and rehash their last 1000 bets or 100 bets or something like that on Twitter, that's not very fun, is it? Um, you know, tipsters will post their overall records on whatever sport they're doing, but generally, they're always recapping a sample of a couple of bets, how they went on the day, um, you know, how they went on some particular league over the weekend. It's it's generally it's less than ten bets. It's generally less than five bets. Um, and in a low sample size of bets, I do not care what your results are. You should not care what someone's results are over 5 bets, 10 bets, 15 bets, 20 bets. You know, generally, you can, depending on what odds you're betting, you can have lots of luck on hundreds of bets. So, if they're posting 5 bets or 10 bets or something with single figures, or below 100 bets, it does not matter. It's a very, very, very low sample of bets and anything can happen. The best sports bettors in the world can lose 10 bets in a row. The best, the absolute best. The worst can win 10 bets in a row. It does not matter at all. So if you're green screening with a low sample size, it does not matter if they're winning or losing. Winning and losing is, is trivial at that point when you're talking about such a low sample size of bets. So that's something else to look out for. Um, I, also, I also think that if you are going to discuss your wins and losses on Twitter, it's actually more informational or interesting for, for people to discuss their losses because you're going to learn more from these kinds of people as to what mistake they might have made, if they would place the bet again, etc., etc. So if, if it was... Um, I know that doesn't sell on Twitter or whatever, but you know, it's, you're actually going to gain more on Twitter from, from following people who are, who are discussing why that a mistake that they made or something like that that's way more informational the only time that i would listen to someone 
on Twitter who's saying how good they went or how bad they went on the weekend is if they make, you know, some kind of discussion around it. They also include the closing line, which is just if you involve yourself in Twitter, the closing line is like it's essentially never talked about. It's only wins loss. Closing lines arguably the most important metric in sports betting. For most things that people are betting on, for me, the most important thing is whether they're beating the closing line most of the time. So if you're going to go up on Twitter and post that you've got 10 out of 10 on the weekend wins, I, I seriously couldn't care less. But if you went 10 out of 10 on the closing line on a big European football league, EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, something like that, then you've seriously piqued my interest. I know it's only 10 bets, but you go 10 out of 10 betting the closing line on a weekend, maybe you've got some kind of edge. Go again to the next weekend, same thing again. If you went 0 out of 20 but beat the closing line by 5 to 10%, I'm going to be way more interested in that sports better following that tipster than someone that goes 20 out of 20 and every single bet loses to the closing line. That's just how sports betting works. It's all about the long run. So I guess they're the um, they're the things to look out for, the biggest pitfalls you can fall into on, on Twitter in terms of uh, people that are green screening. So normally these people aren't posting their losses, so you're really getting half of the story or maybe you're only getting 30% of the story or something. It's a low sample of bets. It literally means nothing because it's such a small number of bets. And 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 thirdly, um, it, it it's all about the closing line. That's the most important thing to be discussing, especially over a low sample of bets. So generally there's some things to look out for. Um, Long-term records, that's more what you want to be looking at. You want to be looking at big sample sizes. Is this tips up? You know, a lot of tipsters will do that, like a monthly report or a yearly report, how they've gone. That's way, that should pique your interest way more than a weekly kind of roundup. Um, but then at that stage, then it's, you know, I don't, I just don't enjoy content where people are telling me how good they are at betting that they're, they're winning over a long sample size. Maybe I'm just sour grapes over here, but I, it's, it's just advertising basically. And I'm just, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on any social media platform to be advertised to. I'm there to, you know, look at discussions, follow news, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, it's just not for me. I understand why people have to do it if they're selling pics or whatever, but it's really just advertising and it's not very much fun to follow. Anyway, I can move on. So, I mean, I think just over overall, it's a tweet saying that you went five out of five on the day is, is essentially the most useless piece of information that you could put on a timeline. It's only five bets. You're not teaching me anything. And you're just advertising. You're selling me something because, you know, especially if you're not putting up your losers also. So that's my little summary on that. Um, some other things 
I guess that you know that just summarizes everything I've talked about in terms of you know Twitter tipsters or whatever. But then there's the other side of it, which is people that are um, putting up you know fake bet slips and all this kind of stuff. Putting putting up bet slips in general. Um, probably maybe something that most people wouldn't fall for, but these people kind of out themselves. It, it's quite funny. So. For one, you can make fake bet slips. You can create them online. So if someone's posting a bet slip to you know try and prove to you that how good they are and whatever some bet that they placed, they can be faked. But let's just say that someone posts like a, you'll see this quite a lot, like a million dollar bet slip. They've you know they've won a million dollars, um, something ridiculous like a big multiple oh, multiple is probably not a good um good example but you know they've staked something big on something and it's one so the funny thing about these is these kind of people out themselves as as long-term losers because it's like when they post these bit slips they're normally generally at like a, a bet 365 uh you know william hill Ladbrokes, DraftKings, all these kind of bookmakers, all these soft bookmakers where we know, profitable sports bettors know that you cannot bet, you know, $50,000, $100,000. Let's just say on a, on a pick'em pick kind of line, a line in general or a total, whatever, you cannot bet like generally, unless you are a loser, you cannot bet. In my experience, you cannot bet more than, you know, 10, 20, depending on the time of day, obviously. It could be if it's just before the game, then it's possible. But generally, you cannot bet 50,000 on a, on a side or a total on, on any league in the world at any bookmaker that is soft. So for people to post these these bet slips saying that they're um you know they've just hit a big winner look how good i am sign up for my tips here they're probably losers because the only people that can bet that sort of money at those bookmakers are long-term losers bookmakers only allow bets like that because they're making more money off you in the long term they're happy for you to bet as much as you want because they know that you're not a great sports better and in the long run you're going to lose. So in a way, for one, they could be fake bet slips for these people that post these big winnings, but two, you can't get those limits unless you're a bad sports better most of the time. So you're basically telling us that yeah, you might have had one big win, but generally you're a loser because why would they accept that bet from you if you were a, you know, gun-ho sports better? So that's just some more stuff to look out for on Twitter. Um, I think I've covered quite a few things today, but this is one that's been, yeah, bugging me for some time just because, um, yeah, I don't know, I've, I've, you know, had relationships with people on, you know, I mean, I'm friends with people on Twitter. I follow people on Twitter who do this all the time. Who post the, you know, winning bets for the weekend. I just, I just don't think it's valuable content. I really, it just doesn't interest me at all. I'd rather, um, yeah, I'd rather get into the, 
I'd rather just, you know, read more exciting stuff on Twitter. But I think in general, some people have to do it, you know, tipsters, whatever, guys that need to sell subscriptions. I can understand that. That's fine. But maybe these guys can uh, make it a little bit more uh, informational, a bit more interesting, talk about the closing line a little bit more, a bit more educational, um, rather than just looking at the last, you know, if they had a good day, good night, good weekend, and post their winnings there. So thanks for letting me rant once again. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think, as always, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers.